I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone services chosen by U.S. News and World Report. I almost dropped an F-bomb. I almost dropped an F-bomb. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 country stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, EMOS. All for a fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12pack to get started. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day. Yes, it is. For 12-Pack Radio. Get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, your home at the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. We are a sharp college football podcast. It's Brian Conger. Thank you for joining us. We are back. We took a quick break. Rob was traveling. I was traveling. You know, spring just kind of, there were spring games, but whatever. Like, you know, some of these things are pretty, it's like, you know, don't touch the quarterback, you know, don't wear pads. It's basically glorified pajama ball. But we have been going through our spring previews, breaking down the spring depth charts, and have gotten to a point where I think we're going to be able to cruise through the offseason. We have a lot to cover. I'm joined as always by Rob Barron of Sharp College Football. Rob, what is going on? Oh, not much. Just getting back from traveling to the West Coast. I did not go to USC spring game, but <laughs> I, did, I did not go watch the glorified pajama ball. Oh, God. Uh, but every like I, I do have um, uh, a friend who's he's a really big. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a huge USC booster. He is a USC booster. And um he uh he's really pumped. I had to like talk him down from like USC. He's like USC is <laughs> going to be in the playoff next year. I was like, your defense is not probably there. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I love spring. It's the best. Everybody's so excited is. about their team. Uh, so this this um anything you have going on at Sharp College Football, Rob? I know. Like, are you taking a break from the videos for a bit, or are you cranking through them still? I ended up uh, taking on a bit more than I could chew with uh, both work and then painting the outside of my house. Um, and then the weather, of course, like turned to like just below, just to like just between, above 35. So I was outside painting my house in like the oldest like sweat sweatpants and sweatshirts I could find. <laughs> but that is done now. And so, yeah, like I'm going to pick up, I'm going to do Cincinnati tomorrow and then I'll do Oregon um, and then Oklahoma state. 
Well, good for you. Instead of instead of painting my house, uh, which is like a year in yellow right now, I am. Um, I was doing our Washington depth chart. So you know, it's all the trade offs we do here at Twelve Pack Radio. Uh, yeah. You can follow us at Twelve Pack Radio on Twitter and uh, let let let's start. Let's start. I'm I'm excited about this. What we're gonna do is just spring questions. Spring questions, right? We're gonna have fall camp, and there will be more clarity. But we do have depth charts, and you know what I was trying to do was go through and look. Let's start with Washington. Washington, Rob, because I just a fascinating team for me. As you're looking at, as you're looking through the depth chart and just looking through this team, you know what's we'll probably do three questions a team and then call it a day here. What what's your number one question for Washington? You know their spring game hasn't happened yet, but you know it's basically wrapped up spring ball. What's your top question for them? I think my biggest question for and I know a lot of Washington, the focus is going to be on the quarterback. And I actually, and I, I say this as, you know, like I have a lot of confidence in Penix and I have a lot of confidence in more, or, you know, maybe not a lot of confidence in Morris, but I have confidence that like Morris could be a reasonably competent NCAA quarterback yeah, yeah. with a different offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Um, and Heward, of course, is the great, you know, unexplored talent out there. But I think my biggest question for Washington is on the defensive line, right? Like this switch to a four, two, five is a really big change. Like how does Washington adjust? Cause you could see like tech, like for example, Texas, which is traditionally recruited for four down linemen has not recruited two gap players is struggling in the transition. Um, you know, it's Kwiatkowski's defense. Now Washington's going to be moving away from that. You can argue last season, they didn't have guys that could t- play two gap and that really hurt. Um, but I'm interested to see what does this look like? Where do guys line up? Cause in some ways, some of the guys that they've been, have been playing at edge are a little undersized to be playing with their hand in the dirt for three downs. Yeah. It's really interesting. They do get ZTF back, which is great. Really good news. News if you're yeah. a Washington fan, I think from all accounts, like if, if you read anything about Washington football in terms of their defensive line, I think almost every outlet to a T and we saw this also, Rob, like was super disappointed with them and just the, their ability to stop the run, the ability to pressure, uh, the big guys up front were frustrating, but I do think a lot of people like a- a- any, all of that also is included with the sentence. Latui Gasano was pretty good. You know, so it's like this, hey, our line kind of sucked, but at least Gasanoa was out there. Uh, Latui Gasanoa was trying to really just push things forward. So I think you do have two names on the line that are interesting. Um, but Tui Lele was uh, a tackle that I think a lot of folks were expecting more of. I mean, he had offers from Alabama and like the entire world. Um, if they're going to have another edge you know, guy, another defensive end, is that person you know, who is that? And like, I have Voy uh, Tanufi right now. It's the the guy there, but kind of unproven. Yeah, it's just a, it's it's interesting because as we are going through our depth chart, like we kind of are coding these as, okay, for sure these guys are in and these guys for sure are um, on the line. And I basically have everybody in with like a pen for Washington but I agree with you. Like, is it going to be good? <laughs> just because we've locked in the names, I, 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 I just, I'm, I'm worried that we might run into some of the same problems that we had uh, last last year. Is that fair, especially with the new defensive system? Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, like the now, in theory, if you have more guys, you know, if you have more guys with direct gap assignment, you might be able to get away with playing 
you know, one gap and putting less pressure on guys to, to really try to fill roles that they couldn't fill last season. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think my, I mean, maybe my biggest question is, is like, where do guys show up weight wise? Right. Like, because some of those guys that have been at their outside rushers were just too light, you know, like to maybe even be like a full-time hybrid. Maybe they rotate guys in and out. Like I'm interested to see, like they certainly have a lot of guys with a ton of athleticism, um, there, but that's really, I mean, that, that, that I guess that's it for me is like, I mean, who, who could you maybe slate in there? We definitely have some names where you're like, yes, I'm excited. Like, you know, uh, ZTF being back is awesome. You know, like that's a really exciting one. Um, you know, uh, and then Ula Fushilo is, is, you know, should be coming, uh, you know, should be ready to go too. Um, you know, now he may, you know, be playing in an inside linebacker position, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. Cause like last season they could not, they couldn't keep their linebackers clean. Um, they were de- they were still decent at generating a pass rush mostly from the outside, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess it kind of comes down to like in this new setup, can Washington stop the run better than they did last year? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was kind of a disaster. Um, you know, even Arizona almost knocked him off. Uh, one of the questions I have, let's stay in at the defense is, for, I think for the first time in recent memory, this quarterback <laughs> core is actually kind of thin, Rob. You know, we had like just just some monsters go through this program. And now I'm taking a look and I'm, I was really kind of blown away by this. And because they're, they're relying on an FCS player uh, who's like an all who is an FCS All-American. But I mean, like that position was so set for so long. I think this is the first time where a, we don't know if the starters are, are good and B, we don't know if the depth is good. And I think that's going to be a real shock to Washington. If, if if these players don't all step up. Right. I I think like there's a world where they do, but I, because they have for like forever, but new defensive coordinator, new system and unproven players. And I just was like, I was floored looking at the depth chart here going like, Oh, not, Oh my gosh, this is a disaster, but Oh my goodness, this isn't like set in stone for sure. Going to be a good secondary. And you still, I mean, I think you still do feel pretty, I mean, you should, I think Washington fans, this is, I mean, you're right. And this is a little bit more of a question. We have a, you know, they, they did take that transfer incoming. That is a bit surprising. I mean, that's not something that you would have maybe said of Washington, right? Like a couple, you know, even coming into last year, you sort of felt like they, even if they were recruiting high three stars, they were going to, you know, they, they had identified the right guys, um, you know, that they needed to fit into their system and that they were going to coach them up and that they would have somebody ready to go. Right. That would come in. To be here is a is a it's a little bit of a brave new world for them, and it it is going to be. I mean, I think one of the most dangerous things that, um, and we, we fall into this, but I, I hope less so. Is but college football fans certainly fall into, or sports fans is they tend to like they tend to go into the off season and they think about the things that their team does well. And they tend to think, well, those things are fixed. And then like, they're not going to move. And what if we improve on the other things and things are sort of constantly changing on teams. Right. And, and this is one where like, we really feel like maybe Washington's had a really good pass defense for a while. Um, you know, like, but now we're, you know, they're losing the coach that's been behind, you know, been high behind a lot of that position coaching. I'm interested to see this. I think this could be a, like, I'm not saying like I expect Washington's, you know, pass defense to all of a sudden be bad, 
Um, I think that would be a, you know, that's probably too much to, to say, but you know, whether they could be a potentially a top 10 unit next season, that is a big question. Yeah. And for people that don't follow Washington football, I mean, they lose Trent McDuffie, they lose Kyler Gordon, they lose uh bookie Radley Hiles, who was the Oklahoma transfer that was there at nickel. I do think their nickel position should be fine. Dominique Campton. And when you take a look at some of the, like, you know, their starting corners, right? Uh, Jordan Perryman is the UC Davis FCS, F- FCS transfer there. Um, Jacoby Covington has the pedigree, but like he was, they had a walk-on play. In some, like, I think most, most depth charts right now have uh, Michelle Powell being in front of him, which I think is fascinating. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that this, I think the culture will remain for at least another year with the secondary, but the drop off in talent is such that even if the culture is there, it's like, Oh man, how do you replace those three guys that were just, just running roughshod everywhere um, trying to, right. to cover folks. The other thing too, is they, they have, we know the safeties It's going to be Asa Turner and Alex cook, but they, they rotated their safeties a lot because they didn't have the guys. Um, you know, I think I think Turner and Cook would have played a lot more if people really thought that they were going to take care of business. And and there are some players like Cam Williams, Julie Servant, like th- there's some players there that have pretty high um, ratings coming in. But I just thought it was interesting that I think I think even Washington fans would be like, yeah, like our you know our safeties were pretty good, but they didn't blow anybody out of the water. And now you know those players return and they have the experience. But, you know, let, let's see if they could put it together now that there's there's just a different system. I, I, I it was I was really I was interested and intrigued by that because I just assumed that, like you mentioned, I was just going to pencil, you know, or pen Sharpie, whatever the secondary and be like, oh, they're going to be fine. But I think there's a, a world where they're maybe like top 25 secondary rather than like you mentioned, a yeah. top 10. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I mean, look, if Washington manages to you know improve their run defense, like they're probably a better defense than they were last year. But, but you know, all bets are I mean, in some ways, like I don't want to say like all bets are off, but like you're gonna see some you're gonna see some changes, right? And like when you when you lots of teams have hiccups as they adjust in, into a new system. And I mean, I think you know, I, I, you know, like I, I get, like, I think Washington has some good talent and I think we could have a little confidence in this defense, but it is interesting. Like we, you know, we've sort of like focused for the last couple of seasons, really since Jonathan Smith Smith left as like the, the offense was really the thing holding Washington back and the defense was so rock solid. You could just bet on it. And that's just not the case. I mean, and I also said like, <sighs> You know, I like some of the guys they've got, like Cam Bright, you know, like, and he's coming off a good defense, right? Like that pit defense was really good last season. Yeah. But I mean, if you're Washington, like you have play, like Washington doesn't sign an enormous number of five-star players. They need smalls to actually like kind of pan out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. <laughs> I mean, we say it cause like, I have said that about like Arizona signing four stars, like Arizona needs the four stars. It signs to pan out. Like Washington needs the five stars. They signed to pan out. Yeah. Yeah. When you take a look at some of the defensive ends and, and possibly like on the outside, if you, if you really want to go that way, there are the names there. It's just, I think smalls was pretty inconsistent last year for, you know, we think of five stars. There's a difference between, um, you know, what you were getting in like Kayvon Thibodeau and Savelle Smalls. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the same player, the same caliber and stuff, but right. Like 
if you're bringing somebody and th- there are a lot of five stars that that first year is kind of like, eh, you know, or the first couple of years, eh, they're pretty good. And then they kind of put it together. It would be awesome if Smalls put it together this year because he'd be such an asset to the defense. Um, and it's always great when you have players out there that just have the athletic tools and then they mentally comprehend the game in a way that like nobody else can if they have those skills. So I just really hope that he's one of them. Um, you know, moving over back, back to the offense. I mean, one of the questions that I had for Washington was, I mean, I mean, there's, uh, well, I'll do one quick, like, cause you can ask about the wide receivers. You can ask about the running backs, but I was kind of shocked. I mean, I wasn't shocked, but there was some decent talent at the running back position for, for Washington last year. And if you read between the lines on some of the, the new comments from uh, Kalen DeBoer and, and the coaching staff. I mean, they basically were saying like, look, you know, the, the blocking schemes were trash in this past offense. So, but, yeah. but, but the fact that they brought in so many different transfers, even though they had players on this team, right? You have JV on Sunday, you have Richard Newton, um, but they ended up bringing in um, the, a transfer from uh, Virginia. They bring in Aaron Dumas from New Mexico. Like they clearly didn't think that the, the folks that they had on this roster were what were needed. Um, Demas is interesting. He had about 638 yards as a freshman uh, running for New Mexico, but now he bumps up. A, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just curious. I would assume that the running game will be better because the passing game will be better. And the offense overall will just be better coordinated. But uh, right. I, one of the questions I had is, is the running game going to be a threat? And I, 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 I'm uncertain about that right now. Uh I mean, so I mean, the, the, you know what? This, this is sort of like, uh, you know, Anthony Tree. She writes for uh, Pro Football Focus on college football. He was talking about, um, you know, keep an eye on is it is it is it EJ Smith, Emmett Smith's kid at Stanford. Uh huh. Um, next season, he's like, watch out for him. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, you know, like I mean, if if we're gonna be talking about him next season, like it's gonna be. He's he'll, he's probably going to be putting up something amazing because like Bryce Love couldn't even run behind Stanford's <laughs> offensive line, yeah. given the problems, right? So like if we are talking about him, like he's probably overcoming a lot to get those yards. Um, and the lone survivor off of the prior coaching staff was Scott Huff, the offensive line coach, um, which I which I really really found surprising. <laughs> <laughs> To put it mildly, I mean, well, because like, how long have we talked about like this? This predates the the prior offensive coordinator. You know, this goes back to, um, you know, like up and like right after Jonathan Smith left, like they just kind of like and look like Smith. I mean, he was the coach then too. Like Smith covered up some of the issues with some good play calling and and they had some good execution. I, I think that's possible again, you know, for them. But I'm not like. I don't know, but the fact that you're talking about, uh, and I think they're high on Dumas is like that one kind of, I mean, New Mexico is bad. <laughs> New Mexico is a really bad, really, really bad college football program. <laughs> um, and it's not that there aren't good players that end up going to bad programs. <clears throat> there absolutely are. Um, but he seems like a guy that they're actually kind of high on. And I just, I find that interesting given that they've recruited really well at the running back for position for the most part, right? Like you have a, guy, a bunch of guys that are four-star guys that have come in um, that you would think, you know, should, you should be able to be, you know, slotting in ahead. It's, it'll, it almost worries me that they've gone out and taken some of these guys in there. Um, 
you know, and that maybe the problems run a little deeper than we thought. Um, cause I, I mean, I think we sort of gave Washington the benefit of the doubt. Cause like none of these guys have really produced in the past two seasons, all that much for Washington, um, you know, running the football, we've kind of given them the benefit of the doubt on like, Oh yeah. Like they've recruited. Well, some of these guys should end up being really good. I guess my question is like, what if they're not? And I, and going out and taking these kinds of transfers, I think should raise that question for people, um, you know, on this, on this running back squad, I think you're right. I mean, like being able to just throw the football and have some, you know, better play calling is going to get you a lot of the way here towards reestablishing a good running game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't like, I mean, if we see, a, I mean, if we really do see a lot of Dumas, like I'm, that's an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other questions on Washington here? No, I mean, like, I feel like, I mean, I'll say, like, I mean, like, so who do you got as the the, the starting QB? I mean, I think it's Penix. Yeah. I don't think, you know, like, um, I think he's really good. I think people are, I think people are forgetting how good he was when he had the right offensive coordinator at Indiana. Yeah. And, and you know, he had injuries. I think it was like a knee and shoulder, which is like a problem if you're a quarterback. So as long as he stays healthy, I, I just think like we, and we were talking about this when we were looking at teams that had the chance to bump up as a team, you know, in the offensive rankings and Washington is certainly one of them. If Penix is good, which we've seen before, if he stays healthy, you know, y- you have some interesting wide receivers. Um, I think it opens up the run game and, you know, you're just not going to run this trash offense like from 1970 that Donovan was running. And I just think that I would expect them to be pretty solid. And even if it's not Penix, you know, I don't know about Heward, but I do know that I know what Morris is in a bad system. I think if he it was in a good system, I do think, like you mentioned at the very beginning, that he has more productivity. I think there's a little bit more talent there. I Do I think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the Pac-12? No, I don't. But I do think that his numbers would improve on, in a better system. Maybe not. You know, maybe he's just, uh, you know, maybe he has trouble making reads and just throwing some picks and he's just, that's who he is. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens on that front. But yeah, I think it's Penix. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, let's go to, let's do Arizona. We're going to talk about Arizona football. We're going to do it right after this break. Stick with us because this is an interesting program. <laughs> but Elliot just covered them as an interesting program. Yeah, yeah, I was excited about that. Excited about that. All right, right, we'll catch everybody right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to 12 Pack Radio. We're talking about spring football, big questions for teams. And I just got done with about an hour and a half 
interview with our friends at Quack 12 podcast with Hithliday and with Adam over there. So, you know, my Arizona football is right on, on the front of my brain. And it's a fascinating team this year, Rob. Like, hey, it's just like, let's set expectations, right? Like, they won one game last year. So, a fascinating team for a team that will probably win three to four games max <laughs> this year. But a fascinating team nonetheless. There's been a really big overhaul on so many fronts. What are some of the questions that you have here for Arizona, Rob? I think my biggest questions for, well, my my biggest question for Arizona is, um, it's probably, I mean, I, I think there's going to like going to be a lot of focus on like the offensive line improving. Cause I think people have some confidence about where they've improved on all the skill positions on offense. Um, but I think it's really still on, on defense for me. And I think it's the defensive line. Like they're, they're going to be running like essentially a four, two, five, uh, they still struggle to generate. They struggled last season to generate pass rush. Um, they're really counting on what, where there were flashes from like Kion bars, you know, last season, uh, of, of good play. Um, and then, and then there, it feels like, it feels like Jalen Harris is penciled in again for like the, third or fourth year in a row for like a breakout year. His yeah. brothers, his uh, people are talking about his brother who's added some weight. Yeah, he's a former four star uh, who signed with Colorado and transferred in. Um, Hunter Eccles appears to be getting a lot of playing time with the ones, um, you know, the former USC player, the four star. Um, but it's, I don't know. I mean, I just, I still, um, I mean, there are some things they did pretty well under Don Brown last year. Um, but I just, I still just, I have a hard, I just have a hard time having a lot of faith in the front seven, even though I do think that the, the defensive backfield is a little better. I would, I would push back on that. I, I'm more worried about the linebackers than I am about the, uh, the front seven. I, I think the. I think the wait the linebackers are in the front set. I mean, you're the, oh, I'm I mean, sorry. The, yeah, the the I think the, the guys. Yeah, the the, yeah. the defensive line. Yeah, my apologies. Um, because I think we know what we have in the line, and it might be a little bit better than it was last year. That that doesn't mean that the ceiling's high. I mean, I think the ceiling for the line is probably a B minus. Um, we know what we're getting in bars. We have Parishand and a uh, Savea, the transfer from UCLA. Like yeah. I think we kind of know what the big guys are. And then, you know, like you mentioned, J.B. Brown and Harris have like been penciled in for the last three years. It's like, watch out for these guys. I mean, like we know they are yeah. who they are. Um, and then Hunter Eccles is supposed to be like quite good. And and I get it. Like if you're a USC fan listening to this and you're like, oh, Hunter Eccles, he didn't see the field. Like I was talking about this with Hitler Day. Like I don't think he was used well. And now that he's in yeah. Arizona, a lot of the folks that cover the per like I really trust Michael Lev. Um and and Lev is, is basically saying like, look, Eccles is gonna he's gonna start and he's gonna be pretty good. Now is he saying he's gonna be the, the second coming? Like no, but I I do think if you have somebody that has that athleticism, and I I think you're gonna get a little bit more on those edges for them. For me, the bigger question is the linebacking core, Rob, because it is uh it is it is the op it, it is the same yet v- the opposite of Utah. <laughs> You're just like, they're just grabbing whoever, but they're not doing it. Like they're not actually developing the players at the level that Utah is. Is that like a fair assessment of the linebacking core? I mean, if you look at, I mean, like the number of bodies that they, I mean, like, so uh, I had been going back, like I had just, uh, I was DMing Lev about like 
Holy smokes. They have so many front seven players signed with the new class or, you know, I mean, in particular, I mean, they had so many defensive line players signed with the new class. There's no way they could and, and so many guys still on the roster. There's no way these guys are all staying. And like immediately like four or five guys transfer out, <laughs> you know, like after, right after asking that, like before spring ball, but if you look at what should effectively, and look, maybe some of these guys, maybe some of these freshmen end up bulking up and maybe moving down onto the line, they got a lot of bodies again. And I mean, it feels like they're just sort of like trying to throw, you know, it's, it's they're throwing spaghetti against the wall to see if it sticks. You know, Anthony Solomon, you know, four star for Michigan, athletic, has some speed the linebackers really have struggled in coverage. So, you know, maybe that speed gets you something, but he didn't play. I mean, it looked like not play. There's a huge gap between not playing at Michigan <laughs> and how bad Arizona was last year. Where there's plenty of room where you could be pretty good <laughs> by Arizona standards. So maybe he really works out. Um, but it, like, I mean, they have guys like Malik Reed, that Wisconsin transfer that they took last year who didn't see the field. Um, I believe Jerry Roberts is back. Uh, you know, it is, it, it is, you just kind of feel like the linebacker position to, I mean, to your point, like I'm not like, I'm not worried about them. Like they have bodies to potentially throw at what should be two players on the field. Most of the time, like you're going to have five DBs on the field most of the time in college football these days. Um, but I am just, I'm not sure you're going to like, I'm not sure you're going to get great play again. I, I, I'm with you there. I guess the question moving over to the offense I have is with a competent quarterback, how many yards do you think Arizona will get? Not all purpose yards, just offensive yards. How many more offensive yards are they going to get this year compared to last year, Rob? More offensive yards? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I God, like Arizona. I mean, of all, like, here's the funny. You want to know a funny thing about Arizona? Like, Arizona is one of the few teams in college football that, on kick returns, averaged a starting field position worse than the 25 yard line. You get a you get a touchback if you just take a knee at the 25. <laughs> like, Arizona's special teams were so bad last year. On top of the defense, usually screw. I mean, usually like giving up points, and then like you know the the offense didn't have a lot of uh, <clears throat> good field position to work off of. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I think Arizona and Arizona's offense last season put up yards. They just didn't put up points, right? Like they just struggled to finish things out, particularly in the red zone. But I do think Arizona could be as good as, you know, maybe 50 to 75 yards a game better. And that's going to translate into points, right? Yeah. Like, um, cause I, I'm with you. I mean, like the offense is, is <sighs> I has like outside of the offensive line, I mean, and to some extent, maybe some, you know, in the running back room, it's This is going to be like, this is just going to be a whole bunch of new faces that people haven't seen, you know, uh, in the pack 12. I mean, I mean, we talked about this a little before we started, right? Like it's a totally different wide receiver room. I mean, they just, another guy just transferred out after spring brawl, Jalen Johnson. And that's, I mean, I think that makes like five or six wide receivers that have transferred out because it's pretty clear with the guys they brought in, plus Majon Wright coming back, they're just not going to be the reps to go around. Yeah, which is fascinating because Jalen John was a player that two years ago when I was doing a preview, 
uh, I, di- I didn't say he was going to start. It was more just, hey, keep a lookout for this guy because he's fairly athletic. He has the size. And, uh, you know, he's somebody that you could that could see the fields and whether it's this year or next year. And now when you have players like him that are leaving and then you take a look at the room and you just go like, wow, <laughs> like they're, these guys are going to get open. <laughs> like, that's amazing. You know, it's it's that's kind of exciting. If you're if you're an Arizona fan, you're looking at this offense. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, yeah, you've got you've got guys and, and there's guys that they're that they were pretty high. I mean, like Jamari Joyner, I think is still a, a solid utility type receiver that that's going to get some reps in for them. But, you know, you've got guys like Dorian Singer who was, you know, had, a, you know, had an offer from Texas, Texas's staff got turned over. Um, you know, he ends up walking on at Arizona earning scholarship gets a ton of playing time, to, you know, at the end of last year was really beating out their existing guys that they had. And then he, I don't think he starts, <laughs> you know, like he started a bunch of games towards the end of last year. I don't think he starts. Uh, I think he gets a lot of reps. I think they're going to rotate him in. Um, but I think it's right. Cowing and McMillan, um, you know, in there and everything we've heard about McMillan um, in camp is he's the real deal. You know, like he's, you know, he's, he's, he's learning the system and there's some growing pains there, but all of the athleticism and route running is there. Yeah. For people that don't follow Arizona, which is basically the entire world, uh, McMillan is a four slash five star type player that Arizona stole basically out of the hands of Oregon. And, and he has the size and speed. He's just excellent. Um, you know, Dorian Singer, like you mentioned, Rob, uh, you know, somebody that was able to produce. Then you have uh, Kean Burnett, who is a four-star tight end that was basically a glorified wide receiver in high school. He's just ginormous. And then you have uh, Jacob Cowing, who was a player that was really, really good at UTEP. And f- from all, like, y- you know things are good when you get a, a wide receiver for some random school and buddy Elliot's like, Oh, he went to Arizona. That guy's good. Like, okay. Like, I'm, but, but like it was that plus you have Lev talking about like, yeah, he's, he's actually quite talented. It's just, I mean, which kind of leads to another question. Rob is our, is Arizona's quarter, like our Arizona's quarterbacks going to have any time to throw the ball to these wide receivers. Oh gosh. I mean, so I do, like, I do want to say in particular for the pass blocking, I'm not sure we can put it all on the offensive line. I think Arizona's wide receivers stunk. And I think there's a reason that they've all trained all the old ones transferred out. <laughs> and is it, I mean, and like you, we used to, I used to have this problem, right. Too. Like, I mean, like where I would blame, um, you know, the offensive line or blame the quarterbacks for holding the football. And really like if a quarterback's holding the football, sometimes like he is making the right read. The guy's just not getting open because he's not running a good route. Um, and I think Arizona's had a bit of that problem, right? Like I now I also think like, you know, the Dolores should be an upgraded quarterback. Hopefully, I mean, he will get the ball out faster. That will all make the offensive line look better. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the questions, I mean, that, no, the, the, what I, but I am not, what I'm not saying there is like, Oh, that problem is fixed. I'm just saying like, I think that gets you some of the way. I don't think that gets you all of the way. And like my biggest, <clears throat> and it's funny because like, I think Arizona could start a true freshman at guard at one of the guard spots. 
That's not the guy. The guy that worries me the most is Peyton Fears. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if you go back and in particular watch the Washington game and like, look, Washington's, we talked to like Washington's got some guys that, yeah, maybe like to our point earlier, they're not, they they might have to bulk up a little bit to be like an every down, you know, defensive end, uh, you know, in a four man front. They were, they, I mean, he just got worked in that Washington. He looked foolish in that Washington game. Um, and I'm not, I'm just not sure he's got the footwork and foot speed. I mean, and, and like, I'm not saying like foot speed. I mean, I just don't think he's got the lateral mobility to really, to really hang. And they don't have anybody. I mean, that's, what's really terrible. I mean, like, I don't think they have anybody else that they could really pencil in at tackle, right? Like it's going to be Jordan Morgan on the other side. And I think he's fine. Um, but like, I mean, cause he's, he's, he had some injuries that he played through last season. Um, but after that, like it, I think it's like Woody Jean or Leaf Magnuson. I mean, these guys are like, they, they were projects when they came in. I don't know that they're ready. It, it could really be a disaster if there's one injury. Like th- this offensive line is not good to start with. And if one of them goes down, I think the drop off is even further where like, I, I totally agree with you. Like I write in my depth chart right now for Arizona as the second guys behind our tackles. I just have the word yikes because it's like, I don't, I just don't think that there's, I mean, and maybe they move some of the guards around and they push them out of position for a bit. And at least it fills the hole. But I mean, if you have one injury on this line, it's, it just could get real, real ugly, really quickly. And you're going to have an injury. You're going to have it. I mean, like you may not end up with like the, I mean, cause every, almost every team in the pack 12, you know, like in the last five years has had one year of like just a cursed offensive line, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, if Arizona had that kind of thing next year, they're probably cooked. But I think like there, I mean, I think the, I think they could probably survive with some injuries at guard. I think at the tackles or center, it gets really iffy, really fast. And I, one of the things that I'm interested in to see, I mean, this is a long-term question, but do they keep Brandon Carroll? Right. Cause if you have three years of this in a row, I mean, at some point you really need to develop the talent that's behind the guys <laughs> that are starting, right? Like he did, he inherited the offensive line. I get it. But if you can't build these guys up to be where they were, and maybe it's just cause I'm spoiled because, um, Arizona had the, I think it was Mahalchek from who's the offensive lineman coach at Oregon state. Who's excellent. And Joe Gilbert, who had a cup of coffee at Arizona. Like, I think that's probably why, right? Gil- like, so Arizona's line was supposed to suck. They get in a, yeah. they get in an NFL, like a, like a real NFL offensive line coach who had, had strong respect. Um, he comes in immediately makes the line decent and then leaves back to the NFL. And then like the line immediately falls apart again. And it wasn't like the Seahawks offensive line was like a, a center of glory for the, the Seahawks. Like, I don't know right. if, if Brennan's Carroll's name is like Brennan Davis. Is is he in this position at Arizona? I think the answer is no. Um, and I'm just really curious to see if he stays on another year. If we if, if Arizona fans take a look at this offensive line and there's no, you can only blame the talent so much, right? Like your job is to develop the talent and to recruit it. 
Well, it's, I mean, so this is hard because like, I mean, I think like Kevin Cummings, the wide receiver coach that they hired in from San Jose state was a really good get. I, I did not see improvement last year in the wide receivers. Right. <laughs> like, and, and they're in, and they basically looked at it and said like, all right, well, we need to go get new guys. And that is a, nearly every team in college football, again, like in Lester, maybe, I mean, in Alabama, I think took a transfer offensive lineman for Vanderbilt. Um, every team in, in, in college football, like their fans are like, man, we need to go get some offensive linemen from the portal. And like, then you actually go look at who's available for offensive line in the portal. And that's like the one position where like, there's just not a lot of really good dudes moving, you know, especially (laughs) one of the things that like cover three brings up a lot is the, with the NIL era, like that is what you take care of. If you got a guy that's looking to bounce, like this is your opportunity to let him stick around. <laughs> so I think it makes it even harder to your yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I don't think, I mean, I think the, I don't think that Arizona has like the full on, uh, and, and it is true. Like the, the saying goes like the, uh, the closer they are to the ball at snap, right? Like the, 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 you know, like the further you get from the ball at the snap, the sooner you'll play. And so like, I, I mean, I don't know, like, I think Carol is probably going to get to the end of year three before you can probably give him a reasonable evaluation because, you know, like, I, I mean, I like Sala, uh, Linnea, the, the freshman that they could start. I mean, I, I think that was a really good get. I think it was a guy that they identified early on. And then, I mean, he sort of like, I mean, in the Polynesian bowl and even a little before that suddenly became everybody's favorite three star out West. Um, so I think there's some guy, I mean, but like, they're also, I mean, like they flipped over Sean trail. I mean, they're, they're thin enough. They flipped over Sean trail key. who was just not going to get any playing time at defensive line. And I mean, if you're not going to get any playing time on Arizona's defensive line, really, what are we looking at here? (laughs) But I mean, they needed the depth. Right. And so I do think, I mean, I think like Davis Duvall is an interesting name to maybe keep, I mean, like he's a name that actually gives me a little bit more confidence at that guard spot if they need somebody. Um, But, you know, but but even to your point, like he, he's had some personal issues. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, I don't know if he's like, I don't know if he's reliable to to stay on the team. I don't I don't know. Like I don't know what the personal yeah. issues are. I just know that they're like, you know, it was is he on the team, is he not on the team? Is he in the doghouse? It just seems like that that is a tenuous situation also. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I just I, I think Carol probably I mean Carol probably gets another year after this one. He and Fish are friends. They've coached together before. He's a pretty respected recruiter. And I think we've seen with Fish right now. Um, and it's not always the way I would do it. I'm not a head football coach, probably for a reason. Uh, (laughs) he like fish really has emphasized in Arizona, um, you know, like ability to recruit at a lot of his, you know, a lot of his coaches, I mean, even to the point of going out and, um, you know, getting a defensive coordinator who's never called plays before simply for his, you know, recruiting prowess. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. but that's the other question. I mean, like our, most of our personnel qu- and we've definitely talked about the Nansen hire ad nauseum. I mean, but they're going to like, I, I think what's interesting to think, of, I mean, they're going to be a totally different defense than they ran last year under Don Brown. I mean, I'm not saying is like with Brown, you still saw a lot of four man fronts, that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> but 
Brown played a ton of man defense. Like they're going to play a lot of zone next year. You know, like it is going to be a bit of a different, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit of a different system. But I mean, I think like what's interesting is uh, they actually have a guy like uh, Stukes that is a walk-on that's actually pretty good at corner. I mean, had been a walk-on that's actually pretty good at cornerback. I think that I think their defensive backfield could be decent. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just curious. They may not have a pass rush to help them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's interesting. Well. Uh- I, I maybe I, I push back a little bit on the safeties, right? Like haven't the safeties yeah. been an issue forever? I mean, like I don't think I didn't see anything improving last year. Well, Christian Young is really good. Um, there's a little bit of a question, like I mean, do we do you sort of pencil in Gunnar Maldonado with him? You know, they got DJ Warnell that UCLA transfer. I mean, they have some decent. Bo- I mean, like I, I guess the question is though, because you know Stukes and Christian Wallace have beat out Rutherford, right? Um, that Notre Dame transfer who played a lot last year. Um, you know, so like maybe one, maybe Rutherford's your nickel. And that certainly gives you, you know, if you're playing Maldonado and Christian young, you're in a far better spot, you know, like, um, now if you're playing like Zona has done the past couple seasons, which is where you have, because Brown really wanted a thumper in that third, that sort of nickel, nickel cornerback third safety spot. He really wanted somebody that could come down and hit. And the guy they had there last season couldn't cover. <laughs> like just <laughs> should not just full on lost in coverage and regularly got burned. I don't think you're going to see that, um, you know, this year they're going to prioritize coverage skills. Um, now what you may lose for that in the run game, of course, it is, you know, TBD. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I think they could be okay. Like I, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't think he's, I, I'm, the guy's name escapes me. That was just awful, awful in pass coverage last year. It's another, it was the other young, not Christian young. Um, I don't even think he's with the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It is, uh, it is an interesting, I, I it'd just be interesting to see what the, cause I, I don't think that the defense is going to be good. So, uh, but I do think the offense is going to be interesting. I just, I just think Arizona will be like a baseline bad team in, in a power conference. That's that's not Vanderbilt anymore. You know, like it's gonna, you're going to have to actually show up yeah. and you have to take them seriously and you're going to have to game plan on some stuff. And I think that's that's interesting overall for the conference to see what teams how teams take Arizona seriously, because if their their schedule is actually really crappy, like they they're their non-conference yeah. is hard. This is not the year. No, they, yeah. and they're on the road against some really tough teams and stuff. So it will be interesting. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated to see if teams like if they're sandwiched in between Oregon and Utah, you know, and you got to go to Tucson, those are the types of games. I think Arizona really could make a big difference this year because they do have some talent there and they, they could really challenge teams that don't have their act together. So, you know, let's, we'll see where they are. Um, any other questions about Arizona route before we hang it up? No, no. I mean, I think, I think to your point, like one of the, um, somebody, one of the Utah writers had said that, you know, his surprise, one of his like sneaky surprise teams in the PAC 12 next year was Arizona. And, um, uh, Utah's, uh, Fotheringham's dad chimed in and like was talked about like how Arizona played hard under fish. Like you and I have talked about this. Like that's one thing that like, I think 
is kind of, I mean, this is a team that won one game last year. They could have quit at any point. And they didn't, right? Like they were a little bit like Kansas last season. Like Kansas was a bad team last year, but they played hard and eventually it paid off a little bit for them, right? Like I think that's what's interesting about this Arizona squad is like they stayed completely bought in to fish, like even though they completely sucked last year. <laughs> yeah, they needed an international <laughs> pandemic to win one game. Like it was You're like, a game. I mean, like, I mean they had to get like uh yeah, like they had to get Cal uh, you know, caught by um, you know, the county health department out there. Um <laughs> But I I mean I just I like I, I mean, I, I think that, uh, a lot of the things that like, you know, like that we like, remember when we were like uh, after the first year for Mel Tucker at Colorado, right? Like the, the on the field results weren't great. They still play, played really hard in every game and then they were pretty decent recruiting. They felt like they had some momentum up until the point where Mel Tucker went to Michigan state. Right. Yeah. That almost feels like where fish is a little bit, right? Like they played hard. They had a pretty good off season in bringing in players and all of a sudden you're like, huh, maybe, maybe they could win. You know, maybe they could get to like, maybe like for Arizona step forward is maybe getting to three or four wins. Like maybe, you know, like it's, I mean, they could have, they could win two again or, or, you know, win two, two, but you know, like. I think that's if you're an Arizona fan or if you're a Pac-12, you know, paying attention to the Pac-12, like we're not talking about Arizona all of a sudden, like getting to a bowl. Like, that's not likely. No, what's going to happen is Fish wins three or four games and then he goes and coaches at Nebraska. Like, I think that's yeah. going to be the, the move. But, you know, whatever. Like, I'm glad he's raising the bar a little bit at Arizona. They'll be a challenging team for some teams uh, moving into the 2022 season. All right, Rob. Well, let, let's. Let's stop there. A little short episode this time, but you know, we're still we're talking spring ball. So, uh, I one thing we should mention is there are going to be a number of transfers coming up soon, right? Cuz you have like all like a lot of these programs are going to are going to very clearly show who's going to see the field. So, keep a lookout for that. I think there's still some movement coming down the pike. I think the deadline isn't it the 5th of May, like May 1st or something like that. So, I I do think in the next couple of days we're going to see uh some movement for teams. Uh, good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, like you said, like, there's going to be a lot more turnover and you know, a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these teams, even though like we've been talking about them feeling like they're, you know, at a full roster spot, right? Like they're not quite, there is a deadline approaching. I think, is it May 1st? I'll have to look it up. Apologies for not knowing that there is a deadline to be in the portal to be eligible for next season, I believe. Yeah. Um, up and coming. So like we should see guys like really start to move and looking for homes. Um, so there could be some interesting players coming available guys that don't, you know, maybe pass like, again, keep an eye on places where you have a new coaching staff, of course. Um, but also places where like, you might have somebody get beat out by a new player, some new player that comes in. There could be a handful of quality players entering the portal that could have a pack 12 landing spot. Yeah. Keep a lookout. We'll make sure to keep that, you know, keep, keep our eyes on us eyes on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel as that stuff's happening and we will report back. All right, Rob. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks everybody else for joining us. We'll uh, keep on keeping on in the spring ball. Let's take a look at a couple more questions for some other teams next week and we will catch you then.